Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am your host, Chip Hazard. You bust that crap or I'm bust your ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is Talon Williams. My bad. I watched House of a Thousand Corpses the other night. <laughs> yep. In honor of Sid Haig. Um, uh, so, been, how you been? You feeling okay? Pretty good? Man, I, I will be honest. I'm going to be honest with everybody. I feel like dog shit. Yep. <laughs> um, this weekend, I blew my knee out in a match, and I caught an elbow to the eye socket, and half my face is fucking swollen. So, if I sound like just dog shit that's because i look like dog shit but yeah. i'm still here for you guys yeah we definitely and we got a lot of good feedback over the last several weeks about different episodes i had i had somebody come up to me and ask me hey the horror uh episode which is probably their favorite episode um they said that you know well, you were you, you had talked about the other poll that you guys were doing where you guys wanted to do haunted places in america and I had to explain to him that I did not realize how much you people enjoyed it because we got tons and tons and tons of uh, suggestions as to which haunted places you wanted us to talk about. And then we finally came to the realization like we're a little bit over our heads here because there are so many haunted places or rumored haunted places like we could not fit all of it in one episode. Even if we had time to do the, the two hour long episode like we did for the horror episode. It would just take way too long, and we wouldn't be able to dive deep into a lot of them. So, I think that's when me and Chip decided we were going to have a series that we're going to be talking about soon. We're called the have- we, we don't know exactly what we're going to call it. Maybe yep. the haunting of, maybe of something. I don't know. But please be patient with us, because I know there's a lot of people that's been asking about us. Please be patient as we try to get this together, because we don't want to just say, "Oh, hey, here's a haunted place. Oh, let's talk about it for about mm, three seconds." Oh, here's another haunted place. Like, we didn't want to do that. We wanted to be informative. And we want to educate ourselves about the, the hauntings before we, you know, put them on this forum. And um, cool thing that happened this week as well. Um, we are now a part of the iHeartRadio family. So that's incredible. I think I, I think I may have said that in the last episode, if I'm not mistaken. But even if I didn't, we're still a part of a great family. And you wanted to tell them about the uh, newest... Uh, <clears throat> Yes, um, we're actually, um, I told you guys in a previous episode, two or three episodes ago, we were going to do some cross-promoting with some other podcasts, and uh, during our commercial break today, you will hear about one of those podcasts, uh, and we decided to to put them on today's episode, because... We're going to talk some more video games today. We are. We are. We are, we, we started it all off with the OG Nintendo, and then last week's episode, we talked about the Super Nintendo, and now we're bumping it up one more notch, bumping it up from 32 bits to 64 bits. Get in or get out. We're talking about the Nintendo 64, quite possibly one of the most influential consoles in the history of video gaming but before we get into that before we get into that we're gonna take a brief moment and introduce you to our newest sponsor let me tell you about a new podcast that i found called games my mom found games my mom found is a podcast where each week they deep dive into a retro game in hilarious fashion to bring you the facts and the jokes. 
I highly recommend you go check them out. Link in our description. And welcome back from that commercial break. I hope you guys go give give our friends over at uh, Games My Mom Found their podcast. Hope you guys go give them a listen. There's some really cool guys, so check them out for sure. Definitely a podcast we're definitely going to check out. Today, though, we are talking about the Nintendo 64, and probably, like I said in the previous segment, definitely one of the most influential consoles because of the games that were on the console. A lot of people would say that they this is the game this is the uh, this is the game system that a lot of the kids grew up not uh, not our generation but the generation after right, right this was what they grew up with yeah I'm gonna tell y'all now y'all had some amazing games just just looking at the games that I have written down here and I've found this out beforehand 27 N64 games are considered Nintendo Select games. Yes. Which means that 27 of these Nintendo 64 games are considered some of the best games to have ever been made for the system. Now, along with that, and we're going to get into it here in a minute. When you well, let's let's start from the very beginning. When did you get an N64? When did you first play an N64? I got a Nintendo 64 the Christmas that it came out. Oh yeah. Um. So you were about 12, 13, something like that? Yeah, probably about 12, 13. Right. Um, I've done a lot of yard work this year. <laughs> right, right. And uh, the Nintendo 64 was the first video game console that I purchased with on my own, own right. with my own money. And I busted my ass, did a lot right. of did a lot of yard work in the neighborhood, right. earned, earned my money, bought my game right. system. The, the, I... I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit privileged when it came to that, simply because of my dad. Y'all know, I, I talk about my dad a lot when it comes to video games. My dad's a huge, huge gamer, so he wanted the 64. Um, so, dad got it. Um, we uh, we sat down, and the very first, because it came with the, the game, first game that we're gonna talk about, it came with Super Mario 64. It actually came with two games. Oh, yeah, it came with Super Mario 64 and, and Pilot, Pilot Wings. Wings right. Yes. I know, I wasn't a big fan of Pilot Wings. Me it, 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 it seemed more, I don't know, it's just, just something about it. It seemed like very clunky. It was like, it was almost like you were playing an old Atari game with just better graphics. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Um, but Super Mario 64. Which some people have even said that Super Mario 64 was the best Mario game ever. I disagree with that to some extent, uh, and we'll talk about that in a later issue. I, I would I would disagree with it as well. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's that's that that topics for a whole nother uh, episode. Yeah. But I will say this, and Mario 64 at the time that from the I think it was December of 1996 was when they cultivated a lot of the games. Mario has sold more games for Super Mario 64 has sold more games than any other game on the N64 at 11 million copies and that was if you didn't get it with the system it still sold 11 million copies right it beat out Gran Turismo for the PlayStation it also uh, outbeat Final Fantasy 7 at that time because uh, I believe Final Fantasy had 9.8 million sold Gran Turismo was 10.8 million sold and then Mario just barely beat Gran Turismo at, at 11 million as a when you compare this one to the other ones 
Super Mario World, which I still believe Super Mario World is probably one of the better games, if not the best. Uh, it definitely ranks up there. I believe that with the adventation of the 3D graphics, being in like an open world environment, you're going to multiple different worlds. Oh yeah, you know, I, I think 15 this to be was, exact. I think this was probably... I'd have to do a little more research, but I think this was probably one of the first quote-unquote open world games. Yeah, it kind of it, um, it kind of revolutionized an open world concept. Yeah, you know, but it, it was also Mario's first trudge into 3D gaming. Yeah, and I, and I, and that in and of itself was fun because you got you you had a little bit more freedom to play with Mario, especially during that very first. And I love the 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 overall. The overall story arc of it, you know, going into the paintings. And oh, that was that every was painting was a different world unto itself. But unpopular opinion, I thought the controls were very clunky. Yeah, the very, camera. Yeah. Sometimes you would get like you'd have Mario doing, uh, you know, three backflips in a row, and the camera would get locked. Yeah, and you need to have to like fight with the joystick or whatever to get the camera and it, yeah and it always happened if you were in like a very very small confined space like huh. the, like the pyramid level yep when you had to go into the pyramid at one point you have to reach the star at the top of the pyramid not the one on the outside but when you actually go inside the pyramid to get to the top yeah once once you start getting up there and up there the controls get when you talk about being clunky with trying to maneuver the free cam to get in a position to where okay if i backflip here i can make it up there but then you don't realize it at first, so you just do a regular jump, you miss it completely, and then there's no nothing to land on because it's like a it's like a uh, it's like a ledge that you have to get up on. So you go all the way back down to the bottom, and then once you get back to the bottom, if you don't get swallowed up by the quicksand, you got to start all over again. Yep. And that was very frustrating. Um, I did like the lava level though. The lava level was pretty cool. So you oh, yeah. go in inside the volcano, and then you had to trudge through all these different things. That was a fun one. Oh yeah, uh, I mean. <clears throat> Mario 64, you know, going back and doing a little bit of research and on this, it makes me want to go back and and repurchase a Nintendo 64. Right. Because um, unfortunately, I was stupid when I was younger. Right. And you wanted to get the bigger and better well, I wanted, system later. Yep, I wanted to get the next system. So you know, when the GameCube came out, right. What chip do? Chip sold his Nintendo 64 and all his games to get the GameCube. You know, it it was a choice that I made, and you regret it. I I regret it. I did not regret it then. No, I regret it now as as an adult because I'm like, damn, I'd like to go play Mario 64. Yeah, even though I had it on my 3DS. Right. It's just not the same. Yeah, it really isn't, so. and because you you want the feel of it, even even with the crappy controls, it was still good. Oh yeah. I'll tell you another game that I really enjoyed and I loved like more than any of them, and Goldeneye 007. That oh. game Dude, revolutionized can... the first person shooter. If it were, I don't think it, if it hadn't have been for the way the first person shooter was revolutionized in Gold in, in Goldeneye. I don't think that you would have great games like the Call of Duties and the Medal of Honors because it it basically took what what they did is they took what Nintendo did and I believe it was Bandai that was a part of that too and the the way that they can made the controllers and stuff like that which with dual with dual analog sticks it's it became easier but remember this was just one single analog stick right. so it was more difficult. Um, 
but man, it was so much fun, like, going through and playing through the game, and playing it through just like the movie, and, <clears throat> excuse me, that ended up, so it was so much fun, you know, and, uh, the, the, I mean, for, for the time, this being 1996, the graphics were good back then, I mean, oh, yeah. obviously, they had ghost faces, you know, not really any expression, but at the time, it was a great game. Dude. And, and aside from the single player, the multiplayer. Yes. Of, you know, I can remember just hanging out with my buddies, and you know, the Nintendo 64 was was really the first console to promote multiplayer. Right. Um, because you could connect four controllers and four people to play at the at same, same time. time. Right. You know, so I, it really promoted like couch gaming you know you and, and your buddies and you could have you know you and three friends play at the same time right but man there was a lot of screen watching oh my god on. yeah especially if you played the game a lot and you knew where the blind spots were and you knew like okay like because you're tra you try the best to look at your screen but this it's kind of hard because you got those other three screens on the screen at the same time and you're like uh you know it was even worse with like football games especially the early oh, madden oh, yeah. games the early madden games yeah I, I believe our buddy Spencer, he got mad. He was like, you're screen watching. I'm like, I'm not screen watching. What are you talking about? Yeah, it was, it, it was a bad of, one. Speaking of Madden, the, the Madden series on the Nintendo 64 was when I, I first, like, really became a fan of, of football games. Right, right. You know, uh, I know you guys probably remember me talking about uh, Tecmo Super Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo Super Bowl, right. But it wasn't until, like, Madden on the Nintendo 64 where I was like, Shit, man, I, I really enjoy playing a football game. Yeah, I like playing football. I, I liked playing Madden, but more than Madden, I liked NFL Blitz. That was fun because it was arcade style. It was it was it was meant to be it was meant to be taken you know not so seriously like blown out of proportion. It was, it was, it was very a tongue in cheek, very tongue in cheek. But at the same time, it was fun, you know, because um, you know, like me and my sister still play it to this day. We'll come over to the house and she's like, you know, I kick your ass and blitz. I'm like, oh no, you can't. She's like, oh yes, I can. I'm like, alright, we'll set it up. And, and she this, always kicks your ass. She, not always. <laughs> like maybe eight out of ten times she'd kick my ass. But other than that, well, she's she's played it longer than me, so whatever. Um. But yeah, that was also, that was a fun one, but there was other games, let me ask you, is there one particular game that you played, <coughs> bless you, is there one particular game that you played that you enjoyed, and maybe it's like a hidden gem? Uh, it was actually a, a series of games. Okay. Um, there was, <clears throat> I, you may have remembered me on the Super Nintendo version talking about Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Yes. Well, they did two games on the Nintendo 64, uh, you had... Uh, Gomon's Great Adventure and Mystical Ninja starring Gomon. And they were both uh, sequels to Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Oh, and, okay. Uh, it got very shitty ratings. <laughs> no, it did. It got very shitty right. ratings. Uh, not a whole lot of fanfare, but I loved those games. Right. I'll tell you one that I enjoyed and not a whole lot. Of, it got some fanfare, but it wasn't. It was more of a It was more of a predecessor to future games and future franchises. Okay. Jet Force Gemini. Remember that game? I do. It was kind of like what Ratchet and Clank is because it was a shoot 'em. Yeah. It was a shoot 'em up. It was a cartoon shoot 'em up, which led to Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, different games like that. Um, but it was actually kind of revolutionary in the way that you could have it. It, it, it was like a top-down game, 
but at the same time it was more of a free in the same sense that Mario uh, that Mar Super Mario Brothers was where you can control the camera yeah. only this time the camera was strictly set on just so really it kind of it kind of took off the the uh, the third person point of view which I know that there's other games who've done it maybe previously but this one was like the first one to like really like set it like when you if you back the character up the character goes almost translucent so you can see where the other characters right, are and right. stuff. other video games you couldn't do that you were always you know um and you know mario kart was also another good one that mario everybody again the multiplayer game yep. facets of yep. it you know and i love the uh the ability to be able to pick, like, yeah, you know, because you, if you played Mario Kart on the Super, it's like, oh, man, how are they going to ramp it up for the 64? And the open world, even with, like, the Yoshi level, yeah. the Yoshi course, you could take multiple paths, so it wasn't like, and it wasn't like, because normally if you played a one-player or even a two-player, um, you know, you'd have that screen at the bottom showing you exactly where the track yeah. was. You couldn't do that on this one. They had it in the corner, but if you had, like, four people playing at the same time, you had, it had it in the middle. And you had to remember, like, okay, what color am I? I'm Luigi. Okay, I got I to gotta look at the blue arrow. Or I'm Mario. I got to look at the red one, you know? So, you know, something like that. Uh, my friends and I, when we would play uh, Mario Kart 64, we would turn the uh, track Turn the track off. completely off? Completely off. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, Makes it a little we, bit more difficult. <laughs> well, we also thought that it, A, it made it difficult, but... B, it was because when you played with four, it was in the center of the screen, right? And it it was very uh, distracting, distracting, right? And inhibited, you know, some some gameplay. So uh, we turned it off and oh. enjoyed playing much more without it. Yeah, it's it, it's very fun. Uh, I love I love the party aspect of a lot of the games on sixty four because it was meant to be that way, right? Well, um, speaking of party. What about the first three Mario Party Dude, games? I love the Mario Party. Dude, to this day, Mario Party is probably my one of my favorite franchises ever. Like, we still play it to this day. We play it, uh, we, I think I played every single Mario game, Mario Party game except for the brand new one because I don't have a Switch, so I haven't been able to play it. Like, I, I, I played play demos. any of the something? ones on the 3DS? Because uh, they have a couple that are exclusive to the 3DS. I don't think I have any yeah. of those. I don't think I played any of those, which I don't, I, which Malachi has a 3DS, but I, I don't think that we haven't bought him. Like, the only game that he has on a 3DS, I think is like Super Mario World 3D or something like that. You should like that. go to uh, McKay's and check out. They they have some really good games there, pretty cheap. Okay, I'm I get a lot of mine there. I'm going to have to check that out then. So, but yeah, man, like, I'm a, out of the three original Mario parties, I like two the best. Um, yeah, but I would say two is probably two, the best. Two is the better out of those three. Now, overall, and oh, we'll talk about that we'll later. About that on overall, later. I'd yeah. say six, but for the time being, yeah. uh, two is definitely, I like uh, the idea of the maps and you know everybody everything was different you had the pirate map you had the the haunted uh map you had the space level and you know it was basically and if you never played mario party it's basically an i'll say say it for what it is it's basically an electronic board game yeah it's a video game board game but it's got mini games and all these different it did it dude it is so much fun it's it's addicting and then they got more they got tournaments like legit tournaments for mario party and stuff yeah. like that well they have legit tournaments for like Mario Kart and all them up yes, Smash Bros. Exactly, oh, dude. So, the very first Smash Bros. Yeah, I was just gonna man. Go there. That was fun getting all of these characters from all these different games together in an amalgamation. Because you had Mario, you had Donkey Kong, you had Link from the Legend of Zelda series, which we'll talk about that in just a second too. Yep. You had um, Pikachu from the Pokemon series. You know, you had um, you know Fox and Cloud from the Star Fox series, which Star Fox sixty four was also. 
you know, an amazing game unto See, itself as well. I didn't, I didn't um, like Star Fox 64. Was, Star Fox 64 was a whole lot better than the one on than the original Star Fox. I thought it was because it was basically I t- it was a whole lot better than Pilot Wings. I'll say that. Uh, um, I, I can give you that. Right. I still think both of um, were trash. That's fine. Um, um, did you play any of the like Mario? sports games i played uh mario tennis mario golf mario slug okay it was a was a mario slug fest or I, I think that, yeah. yeah um and mario strikers wasn't until later that came on the gamecube right, right um but yeah we played a lot of pretty much if it had mario on it we bought it for the for the uh for the uh for the 64 man it was so um, much fun playing all the I, different I, types I was of mario not a fan games. of mario golf i wasn't a fan of mario slug fest but I played the shit out of some Mario Tennis. <laughs> that was I'm fun, dude. Would... And that's where a lot of the other characters in the Mario universe kind of came to be. Because you, you first time you got to play Birdo. It was the first time you got to play Waluigi. It was the first time you got to play Daisy. Yeah. Um, a lot of these characters that were never even seen in actual Mario games until much later. And even then... Waluigi and da- Daisy, to my knowledge, have only been in the party games. I don't think any of them have been in the actual. Now I could be wrong, you know, but you gotta understand the last, the last, uh, the last big uh, Mario game that I actually played full through realistically was a uh, Super Mario Galaxy Two. Okay. You know, I haven't had a chance to play any of the makers, and I haven't played Mario Odyssey. So, you know, it, they may, she might be, they might be in that one. I'm not sure, but. I don't- did you ever uh, get to play Paper Mario? I played Paper Mario for a little while. It was, I don't know, I don't know what it was at the time. I didn't care for it. Going, going back now, it's like, man, it, it, that was such an underrated game, and I wish I would have taken the time to be able to play it more. But I never, I never did, you know. Which, but I will give myself this: I was playing at the time. I was playing some shit out of some wrestling in the Nintendo 64 games. Oh, I think all of us. Oh my god. And to me to this day, and there were four big major games. Yeah, there were two from the, Well, there was more than four, but the four big ones. There was two from WCW and two from the WWE, WWF. Uh, first one I ever played was WCW versus NWO World Tour. It was the very first one that I played. Right. Um, the next one after that, I believe, was WCW NWO Revenge. Okay. And then it was WrestleMania 2000. Mm-hmm. And then the game changed. With WWF No Mercy, um, because of the creation, like you, everything you can customize your own wrestlers. You can pretty much start your own wrestling league, quote unquote. Um, you know, which a lot of the other games, I think WCW Revenge also had a creative feature as well. Yeah, you could um, do that on all of them. Yeah, but it was more in depth on No Mercy than it was on the other ones. Um, you know, um, you could, and depending on like which character you picked, it was like different stories for different characters. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, man, I, we would literally sit up to like the wee hours of the morning to like four or five o'clock in the morning just, you know, playing WWF No Mercy. Like to me, it was, it's my personal favorite. Some people, some people have a, a different opinions about it. Like for me, No Mercy, and in a distant WCW versus NWO, Revenge was also great too, but for me, I was a bigger fan of No Mercy than any of the other ones. Chip's trying his best not to sneeze over here. Um, um, so I would stay the night with my friend, even on school nights. Right. Because uh, we went to the same school right. and stuff. And I can remember several times where we would stay up all night, like never go to sleep, get up. Like we would play, you know, one of the wrestling games right and we would play all night and then we'd go to school come home 
play and pick play, right back up we where you left off. <laughs> uh, and there was this cool feature, like if you put somebody in a submission, like on the outside of the ring, and you turned like no count outs off or turned submissions off. Right. You put somebody in a submission, and if you held the, uh, say you put me in a submission, mm-hmm. and if I hold the thumbstick over, right, you couldn't break the hold. Oh wow. Uh, so we would we would do that just to see how long <laughs> you know we could it would stay and we would like leave the game on when we went to school with you know something leaned up against the thumbstick so right. it would still be in the submission when we got home from right. school and by the time you get home like the back's red and it's like oh no no oh, yeah it's so simple um did you ever play um and I'm going to ask this question did you ever play doom on the 64 I did, and I thought it was trash. Yep, it definitely it was. Not, uh, it wasn't only, as good as it was, you know, for the Sega. You in, know. in my person, the only first-person shooter-esque game that was good on the '64 was, was Golden Knight. Right? Uh, did you ever play? Because you know, Excite Bike. You talked about. I was. When you, I was. was you ask you? Was you a fan of Excite Bike '64? I was not. That I was. I, that was probably the game that I was the most, most excited. I was the most excited for. And the most let down by. Right. Is there uh, another hidden gem that you would think about uh, as far as games go? Like, I'll tell you one for me. Tell me if you heard. Have you ever played Torok Dinosaur Hunter? Yes. There, that was, there was actually fun, dude. Four of them. Yeah. Well, there, there I, was, only got, I only got to play the first two. So there was Torok, Torok one, two, one, three, and, Torok and Rage Wars. Right. I never got the chance to play Rage Wars uh, or three, but yeah, um, that was that. Like, Dad was big on playing Torok. Yeah. Torok um, was good. You know, that was a and that Torok was an inspiration for Dino Crisis that came out on the PS1, but we'll talk about that at a different time. Um, uh, excuse me. I'll tell you another game that I, I, I was really excited for and really disappointed in. Which one's Did that? Did you ever play the, the sequel to GoldenEye? The World Is Not Enough? That sucked, man. It was terrible. Horrible, I'm dude. like, like, playing it, like, when, it, when they announced it and it was getting ready to come out, my friends and I were like, yes! It's gonna be like an upgraded version of GoldenEye 007. And we then we played it and we were like, what in the hell did you guys do to this game? What they did was, and I can tell you this because I, I think that what they did was they wanted to make it di- different from Goldeneye, but at the same time keep the same, you know, thrill or keep the same same you know story or keep the same ex- you know whatever it was. Yeah, well, they, it, they failed horribly at it, you they, know, because you couldn't the franchise. Ca- I think they could have went further with that franchise. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they killed the franchise yeah <clears throat> by doing yeah, that. Yeah, but but see but instead of capitalizing on what worked, they try to make it different because I guess they don't they don't want to fall into the same category and I'll just be honest, Call of Duty has been getting a lot of shit because it's like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just a retread of the same game each and every single year with different maps, different stories, yep. different downloadable content that you can't get on the game because you have to pay extra for some weapons or some colors or you know all this different shit but at the same time it's like you know there's an old saying you know don't if it, don't, ain't if broke, it broke don't, don't fix it. it exactly you know and GoldenEye dude they caught lightning in a bottle with it and they could have kept it going forever and ever yeah. with through through um the double O franchise where you could have had multiple games similar to GoldenEye and that could you imagine what it would be like in today's era like like um PlayStation 2 about dying play, yeah. yeah just think if you would it, in today's age if they would have stuck with the formula that they had with 007 
we could be playing instead of Call of Duty. We'd be playing Double Seven online. Yeah. yeah. So, and oh, dude, could you imagine um, like the the. Could you imagine the the gadgets that you could use and all the different things that you know, like exploding, you know, pizza pies or something? Like I don't right, know. Right. Because hey, Q came up with some pretty interesting uh, weapons. Right. Um. Were there any other uh, racing games that you played? Um. I liked Cruising World. Huh? That was the only one that I had. Okay. I, I, I didn't have Cruising USA, but I have I've played Cruising USA because that was very popular in the arcades. Right. And a lot of those racing games were very popular in the arcades. I remember there was another one called Rush. San Francisco. San Francisco Rush. Rush. That was I played that. I didn't play that on the uh, on the 64, but I played it on in the arcades a lot. Yeah. Um, those games are always fun. Um, it's I guess they're easier to control with a handheld contr- remote as or a controller as opposed to you know oh, driving yeah. it yourself, which is more fun to drive it yourself. You know that you can see similar games like that. You know when you go to like a David Buster's or an Arcadia out there in Gatlinburg or something like that. But it's always yeah. But there's one there's one game that I enjoyed a lot. Okay. Um, and I don't know if I don't even know if you like because I'm also aside from playing sports, I'm a big action sports fan as well. Did you ever play 1080 snowboarding? Yes. That was love. I love 1080. So it was so like because when you when I was younger, it was so frustrating because it's like you, you you know, I think that snowboarding games have improved a lot since 1080 snowboarding. Oh, but but I think for, at the time, right at the time, 1080 was revolutionary in terms of you know well, the I, way the graphics and the way that the, the the controllers. Like I said before, the controller was a little bit clunky because of, of the different because you had to go. Over, over, left, right, A, B, down, up, just to do a 540 method or something. And it's like, ah, like, why do I have to hit all these buttons at the same time? Right. But it teaches you muscle memory at the same but, time, I guess. But I also think without 1080 snowboarding, we wouldn't have had, would not have had the SSX. Oh, series. I agree. I agree 100%. And because SSX Tricky is, you know, still to this day, one of my favorite video games of all time. Um, did you ever play Diddy Kong Racing? I did. Um, uh, did you I, did you care for it too much or? I, I, I don't. I think it was uh, it was a very cheap knockoff of Mario Kart. Right. I like the fact that they had a story or like an adventure element to it, right. and you could change up because at the time Mario Kart didn't do a whole lot of. I mean, they did it in later Mario Karts where you could change up your kart if you wanted a roadster, if you wanted a regular kart, if you wanted a funny looking car, if you wanted a road, you know, like a a drag car or something like that. But I think that. Diddy Kong Racing doesn't get enough credit for its innovation that you can change from cart to plane to uh, air watercraft. Right. And, you know, you go into the first level, you know, it, it's, it's not like it was with Mario Kart because Mario Kart is like, okay, this is, this, this is the circuit. These are the four courses. Try to get, you know, first place when you drive those four courses. Right. But with Diddy Kong Racing, it seemed to be you could go, you could go and drive around or fly around to multiple different areas and compete in five races and then you had a boss battle at the end which was also a race and right. dude i'm telling you i think honestly in this is my opinion dude i think diddy kong was very underrated as a game and i think a lot of people have the misconception that it is a knockoff of the mario games but i think that it was innovative as opposed to like it was it was it was still a racing game but it was more action adventure because you were able to like almost it's almost like a like a choose your own destination type game. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I, like me personally. No, now now the, the only thing I hate about the Diddy Kong thing was is that the challenges that you had to do um it it frustrated you because it, you could like win the first race and then it would take you a couple of times to win the second race 
it got progressively harder with each level that you go because it was almost like wrestling on 50cc the wrestling i'm sorry i'm sorry wrestling, so i looked at the wwf when i said that like racing on the the seat on the 50ccs to 150ccs like in mario kart right. it increasingly got harder and harder because there was no way to adjust you know the difficulty so you okay. had to go with what it was yeah um uh, speaking but, of diddy kong did you ever play donkey kong 64 I played it for a little while. Um, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get. I didn't get a chance. To I didn't beat it all the way through. And by a little while, like it was more. It was action adventure almost in a way, and it also had like a like a 3D world aspect yeah. to it as well. Um, very. It was it was fun for the time play, but again, at that at that time, I was still you know playing you know the wrestling games and the Mario games and stuff like that. So other games had my interest, but I did dabble in uh, Donkey Kong 64 for a little while. The, the one thing I did not like about Donkey Kong 64 is you had to buy a uh, an adapter, the Rumble Pack, right? To, to go into your Nintendo 64 just to be able to play that game. Yeah, but you see, but, but then afterwards, 64 came out with like the golden uh, consoles and different multicolor consoles yeah. that already had that built in afterwards. So that way, when they had future games that needed the extra capacity, they were able to. Uh, I don't think do that. I don't think that was ever built in. You don't think it was? I, I'm. I would have to do some research, but I'm pretty I'm, positive. But, because I'm pretty was, sure that afterwards they they had built they had they had to get more memory into it. Am I correct? Because they had other games that had that. That was the only right? game that that was the only oh, game okay. that used it. Hmm. And then my research got messed yeah. up then because I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, well, not not the Rumble Pack, the the expansion. The expansion pack, pack right? Yeah, that you put into the Nintendo 64. Now they did have a Rumble Pack that went into into the, the back of the thing, back of the controller, right? And you uh, could also put memory cards there as well right. to save for, for to saving games. Yeah, and stuff like they that had too. two ports back there. You had right one you could use a me- for a memory card. Well, you could use both for a memory card. Right. But if you wanted to use that Rumble Pack, you had to remove a memory card to put in a, a Rumble right. Pack. Did you ever play Killer Instinct Gold for the 64? I did. That was a, that was all because that was like the only real fight. I mean, they had Mortal Kombat on there as well, but again, I was a Mortal Com- I was I was a Sega Mortal Kombat, you know, person, you know, which later on it was now I was a PlayStation Mortal Kombat person, you know, which uh I tell you one, Chip's freaking out over here by the way, guys. He's 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 uh updating I'm, I'm on watching, baseball. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching the uh Houston Astros Tampa Bay game three and uh Yeah. It's it's not going well for us right now. <laughs> right. Um how about did you ever play Yoshi Story? I did. I did. I, did. I, I liked I really it. I liked, liked it because Story. it was the origin of where Yoshi came from, and it was definitely a fun game to uh, to play. I would always get frustrated. I'm, I didn't realize there were so many different Yoshis. <laughs> you know, I, and you I had know. that. Well, you know, it was a direct sweep. It was a direct <laughs> sequel to um, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Right. I didn't see I didn't know that. See, I see I never I never got the pl- chance to play uh Yoshi's Island uh for uh Super NES. Um but another one I'm going to ask you about this one. And I want to save this for last um because this game is considered one of the greatest games. Well, I know where you're going. Before. Okay, go ahead. Before we go there, uh, what were your thoughts? Did you ever play Banjo Kazooie or Banjo Tooie? Banjo Kazooie, yes. Pan- Banjo Tooie, no. I, I I found out. I was like, what the hell is Banjo? And I was like, oh, he was on Diddy Kong Racing. That's uh-huh. where I heard of Banjo Kazooie, and I like because again, inspired by the, it was like a you know open world environment. You're going to these different areas and stuff like that. But right. it also Diddy Kong Racing also conjured up uh, Bad Fur Day. Uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Actually, I think Conker's Bad Fur Day came out before Diddy Kong Racing. Really? I, I think so. Uh, 
because I was going to ask you about that because that's that, probably the most controversial yes Nintendo game Car- ever yeah, the violence and the sex and you you're you're facing against a guy who's shit <laughs> like yeah. literal shit you know yep uh and then but, just, just a couple before we get to that that final game mm-hmm. the uh, in my opinion the end all be all Nintendo right. 64 game right i uh, just want to touch on a couple of different things um tony hawk pro skater i played it more on the playstation never got never played it on the n64 uh i thought it was better on the playstation right uh I thought the Nintendo 64 controls were a tad it, bit yeah, clunky. Yeah, it, it didn't work uh, mesh well, no. Uh, Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero? Yes, I did play that one. on the. I played it on the PlayStation. I played it play on the 64. At the uh, time, though, you understand, like, PlayStation was also getting up there, too, so it, they were sharing a lot of games at this time. They were sharing a lot of games, you know, but yeah. I, I was solely and am still solely, I like, I'm not a fan of anything PlayStation. Right. Um, I had a PlayStation 1, had a PlayStation 2. Had a PlayStation 3. Right. Um, I don't have a PlayStation 4. There are certain games that I do enjoy on the PlayStation, but right. when it comes down to it, I'm not a PlayStation guy. I, and I totally um, understand that. And then uh, the last one, uh, you were a big fan of NBA Jam. Right. Did you ever play NBA Hang Time? Didn't, never got a chance to play NBA Hang NBA Hang Time was the successor to NBA Jam. Was it better in terms of uh, gameplay and yes. stuff like that? Okay. Um, so... Now, let's get let's get let's get let's get down to it. To, to the end all, be all. This game is not only considered the best game on the N64. This game is considered to be one of the greatest games of all time. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, having listened this far into this episode, and we have you haven't, haven't mentioned, mentioned it yet, yet. If you don't know what we're talking about, then please excuse yourself because I don't <laughs> think you are. A video game fan. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. The greatest video game ever. Dude, I wasn't, like I said before, like in previous episodes, I played the first Zelda. I never got a chance to play Link to the Past. I never played The Adventures of Link. But I played Ocarina of Time. And dude, there is, it, it is without a doubt one of the better, one of the best games I've ever played in my life. Oh, it yeah. is the, from the adventures to the story to the to the revolution to the this was the game that revolutionized the open world action adventure games oh, you yes. know and the story of it you know multiple characters multiple different you know characters that you get you interact with this you know it was god dude i can't describe it it was literally it's literally one of the greatest games ever um when you when it you, has when you, been remade multiple times it was originally on the Nintendo 64. Then it was it was remade for the GameCube. Right. It was remade for the Wii. It's right. been remade for the Switch. They have it on the 3DS. Yep. This game, uh, like I said, it, it's the end-all, be-all of Nintendo 64 games. If I'm not mistaken, it was one that got the golden cartridge treatment. It did not. It really? It didn't? Ocarina of Time is the only Legend of Zelda game that did not get the golden cartridge treatment. See, I I had an Ocarina of Time, but it was gray, and I was under the assumption that Oh well, I just I just I just don't have the because I figured they had the regular one, but then they had the gold cartridge one that cost extra or whatever. You got no. like some extra things or whatever. No, actually, um, um, 
if you guys go listen to last week's midweek release of Not Another Freaking Wrestling Podcast, JD talks about having a gold cartridge Ocarina of Time. Okay. When I listened to that, I texted him immediately <laughs> and told him he got bamboozled. <laughs> Go do your research. There are plenty of knockoffs of the gold cartridge right. Ocarina of Time. They probably took the sticker off, spray painted the motherfucker gold, and then take and put the sticker back on the on the on the cartridge. Probably. It, it was um, either doing that or it was you could take the cartridges apart. Right. Uh, and there were other games on the Nintendo 64 that did get the gold treatment. Right. So they could have taken the sticker off. Of, you know that cartridge, that cartridge replaced it. Yeah, there's there's plenty of ways to do it, but Ocarina of Time did not get the gold cartridge. Okay. See, I learned something today. See, I thought that. See, I thought it would that it, that they had gotten the gold cartridge because I had one that had the gray. I had the gray cartridge one of it, but I just thought that it was like if it was like a deluxe edition or something like that, or something else added to the game or afterwards. Right. Um. Did you also play Majora's Mask as well? Legends of the Majora's I did. Mask. Uh, I, and I thought the concept behind. Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask was was great because it was essentially Ocarina of Time, but you were fighting against the moon. Yeah, it had that ugly ass face that that moon the, the way that it was cultivated. It's like oh, that's the creepiest fucking thing ever. You know what I mean? Um, which have you ever heard the creepy pasta been drowned about a cursed Majora's Mask video game? No. There was it's it's a it's a it's an old like I say it's a creepy pasta so take with it what you will. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a creepy pasta is, it's basically like it's like are you afraid of the dark for the internet age? Pretty much, it's it's, a, it's an internet ghost story. But there's an old saying that Ben Drowned was about a copy of Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask that was owned by a kid named Ben who drowned uh, and as you play the game, you would see weird glitches. You would see just insane um, messages pop up out of nowhere, and then at one point it's like you have met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Like, it, there's a whole series of like weird creepy pasta relating to video games on YouTube if you guys want to look that up. But yeah, there's definitely uh, some creepiness involved with the video game that where you don't you really need a curse because I mean the video game itself was freaky in and of itself. Right. Um, but. Yeah, man. So before we get out of here, and I know we're a little pressed for time right now, if you had to, and, and I know this is going to be difficult because we've had so many amazing games to talk about, what are your top five? If you can give me a top five, and they ain't got to be I in can, order. I can give you a top five, and it's not going to be in order. Okay. Uh, well, uh, two through four will not be in order. Right. The number one is Legend of Zelda Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. time. Right. Uh, so we got Zelda Ocarina of Time, Mario 64. Um, WWF No Mercy, NBA Hang Time, and Blitz. Right. Mine, and this is in no particular order, well, number one, Ocarina of Time, uh, GoldenEye 007, Mario 64, uh, WWF No Mercy, and I'm going to throw in a Mario Party, Mario Party 2. Uh, honorable mention to Diddy Kong Racing. Honorable mention to uh, Yoshi Story. Also, uh, Killer Instinct Gold. Um, God, we didn't even talk about Kirby sixty four either. No, Kirby sixty four was another great game that yeah, you know was yeah. was good. Which and I, I would have to put 007 in my top five. Yeah, maybe even at at two. Yeah, maybe even at two. So revolutionary um, that 
you look at, I would take maybe Blitz out. Yeah, well, Blitz was, again, man, Blitz was like one of those party games, dude. The yeah. only thing that sucked for me about Blitz was that it was a two-player game. And you couldn't, the original Blitz was a two-player game. You couldn't yeah. play four people on Blitz. It wasn't until, I believe, Blitz play, 2000. Yeah, but you could play single player and go through their, their franchise. Mode. Yeah, which which you always lost that first game for whatever reason. Even even when you set the difficulty on easy, it was still like, well, you were also a better, probably a better player than me at that point. Oh, so. just, just but yeah, know. man, but man, th- again, man, this was an episode that we were looking forward to, man, because we love the 64 and we love all the games, the games that revolutionized an industry, which Nintendo has always revolutionized an industry. And I, yeah, we would like to continue this when talking about GameCube games, um, possibly. It just depends. Um, I, I think I think we will continue with the series, right? Uh, and and we'll give you our, our GameCube, followed by uh, Wii, uh, and yeah. we may stop there because neither one of us own a Switch. <laughs> I, didn't, well, I, didn't, I didn't own a Wii U, right? I didn't um, own a Wii U either, or so, a Switch. So yeah. we'll probably, uh, unless I get a wild hair at my ass and go buy <laughs> one of each and play a shit ton of games really quickly, right? Um, we'll probably end our Nintendo series with the, uh, the GameCube or the Wii. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to us babble on and on, uh, stay on the lookout for a whole lot of good things coming from movement radio, man. You know, we've been like, like I said before, man, we've been blessed and you know, it's, it's a blessing that we're able to do this for you guys, man. And thank you guys for the love and support. And, uh, until next time, my name is Talon Williams. Don't forget to go give our friends over at, uh, games my mom found games your mom found uh go give them a listen and until next time this is chip hazard and this has been movement freaking radio